My name's Fiona Joy Hawkins. I have found great joy and my voice at the piano. As a child, I was a chronic daydreamer. I spent my life staring out the window, playing the A movie, the one where I'm doing a concert in the Sydney Opera House or winning a music award or watching a movie when one of my songs comes on. I lived in that shadowy place between dreamland and the impossible, and yet it was a wonderful escape. I was born to teenage parents. My mother was 17, my father was 20, in a small mining town in New South Wales, Australia. I was introduced to the piano when my grandmother moved in, when I was eight years old. She had an old German iron frame, which I loved from the moment I saw it. My mother showed me middle C and where that landed on the manuscript. She named the other notes and their time values and the rest was like a giant jigsaw puzzle. Luck would have it that Ez Clark, a wonderful piano teacher, lived just down the end of our street. After a few weeks of lessons, I arrived with a manuscript for my first composition. It was just a little song and I called it Feelings. It was in A minor, written out in pencil with crescendos, grace notes, and phrasing. I have no idea how I knew how to write music prior to musicianship lessons. People say we have lived before. I had a problem as a child that was never discussed or even mentioned until much later, and in a way that protected me from reality. And I think that's what my parents had hoped for. Perhaps they thought I'd grow out of it, but it was a great cause of confusion to me. Tourette's syndrome is a neurological disorder. It's an inability to metabolize serotonin and dopamine, and it translates as tics, small, medium, sometimes even violent body movements. Tourette's syndrome waxes and wanes, and one-third of children will get worse as they get older. One-third will stay the same, and one-third will get significantly better, usually around puberty. But it doesn't go away completely. I was lucky to be in the last group, and as an adult, I've learned to disguise tics as body movements and part of my mannerisms. To have Tourette syndrome as a child, you feel isolated and different. I was treated at school and by other children like there was something wrong with me. I was put into a special education class with children who were both physically and mentally disabled. I still wonder if the teachers at school knew the difference. Of course, I learned to dislike school and I had a low regard for our education system. I grew up understanding alienation and bullying and to this day I'm still distasteful of those who are not accepting and understanding of others. Sometimes our weaknesses give us strength and I think having Tourette syndrome taught me the ignorant nature of some people and in a way that toughened me up. But this story is about the piano and how that shaped my life. My music classmates regularly talked about what they would be when they grew up. I noticed they all wanted to play music or sing on the stage or just be generally famous. Most of them were more academic than me, with no need to sit up the back of the classroom to avoid the scrutiny of ticks. One afternoon on the walk home from music class, they asked what I wanted to be. 
And I thought about it for a moment and then I answered with complete confidence, I want to be a composer and a concert pianist. Now, I was a plain child with freckles, buck teeth and sometimes violent twitches. So I guess it gave me a little bit of the street smarts. I knew how to stay away from nasty kids. I spent so much of my childhood avoiding being looked at by sitting at the back of the classroom. And yet I ended up right in front of everybody's focus on the stage and under lights. It was a strange twist of fate and one I struggled with. Around my fourth year in school, the teacher asked my, the music students to each play a song at the weekly assembly. It was my first public performance and I chose a piece I'd written. I was happy with the concert, but afterwards I felt really strange because something odd had happened. The children and the teachers kept staring at me for days. I was confused and I didn't really understand what had happened. Later, my piano teacher received a call from the headmaster who asked how come they didn't know that I could play like that. He described it like a light coming on. Maybe he meant a light within me, or maybe he meant it was a light bulb moment for a school who had placed me in a special class where I languished and daydreamed years away out of boredom. It was a great revolution, revelation to learn that it's possible to touch an audience with music. No one noticed the ticks when I played the piano. I hid them within the music and it translated as a musical dance. I had a sense of belonging when I played and I knew I wanted music in my life more than anything else. I believe that a gift only has value if it's shared and I really wanted to, to have music in my life in a way that I could share it with other people. The piano was my best friend, my comfort. It was where I found solace and it's also what set me apart and gave me hope that I was okay, that I was good at something, maybe even special. Learning to avoid attention most of my childhood meant a long and frightening journey to get there to a place where I'm at peace with being comfortable as a performer. From a little girl with that inner dilemma of not wanting to be the focus on stage on one hand and being told that when I walk on stage I shine, on the other hand, was such a confusion and yet it's what makes me different and special and it's it's found right there in that grey world between blessing and burden. I found my voice writing music, I found my place in new age music and I found myself as a performer sharing music with others. When I write I tell stories about places I've been, things that have happened to me, I translate the world around me. Some people sit down with pen and paper, I speak my truth at the piano. Music has been there for me at every turn, right up to one of the recent and most horrifying times that I can imagine, the Australian bushfires. And it's been such a gift, music has been such a gift to me, that finally I felt like it was something that I was able to give back. And that brings me to where I am now. I had written most of my new album, Moving Through Worlds, and then our world went black. The fires were so horrifying to us that the only way I could cope and bring myself out of the horror was to do something positive. 
if I was able to raise money with my music and donate it uh, towards firefighters and something I'm particularly passionate about, and that's Australian wildlife. You can curl up in a ball or you can do something helpful. The latter avoids falling into the depression trap. As artists, we're sensitive and we take on the world around us. My survival instinct is to tackle issues head on and move through them. Sometimes I have to go into those issues in order to come out the other side. And I think that as an overall direction, that album allowed me to come out the other side and really feel like my music could do some good and I was able to give back. Songs like Bushfire Moon were written during the Australian bushfires and inspired by a koala that escaped and was found on a fence post at a friend's place. It was so hard to believe anything could survive that fire. You feel the sadness in the story, in the music, and yet you feel the seductiveness of the red moon that has a haunting beauty in the face of devastation. The recording of Moving Through Worlds spans three years, the actual recording, and yet it's a lifetime of work. I recorded in six studios, two countries, and I guess there's hundreds of years from Chopin and the classical period right through to this moment. It includes a Chopin piece, a song I wrote for my grandmother when I was 12, right through to improvisations on the day. The simplicity of a young composer's writing compared to the sophistication of an impressionistic improvisation by a seasoned musician are certainly worlds apart, not just musically, but also in the thinking and storytelling that goes with maturity. It represents who I am now, how far I've come. It's certainly been a journey of finding myself, a place, and of finding joy. Moving Through Worlds is an exploration of now. Fire, water, climate change, survival, and the vanishing of souls into the wind. I believe music is a gift from another world, from ancestors of the past communicating to inspire and give us hope. Music is a universal language that connects us without prejudice. It speaks to us all equally and yet is received with great variation. My wish is to open a few more hearts to the power of music. Now more than ever, we need the connection to our past in order to find the pathway to our future. I would like to leave you smiling. So I hope you enjoy this Celtic piano dance about my Irish and Scottish connections. This is Calling County Clare. Thank you for listening to my story.
We all have a story to share and a voice that is meant to be heard, and we want to share yours. For more information and to get involved, visit storiesofinspiringjoy.com. Stories of Inspiring Joy is a production of Seek the Joy Media and created by Sydney Weiss. You can find all episodes on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you like the show, hit subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and follow along on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're creating greater connection and community, one powerful story at a time.